الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولولا فضل الله عليكم ورحمته ما زكى منكم من أحد أبدا ولكن الله يزكي من يشاء سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم Recently I had a patient that had come into clinic and he was young and he had this very complicated symptomatology. And sometimes I review the schedule beforehand to see who's going to show up in clinic. And I didn't actually see that there was someone of his age and beforehand. And that day I looked and I saw that this person was sort of added on or at least replaced someone else's spot. So when he came into the clinic, I, I asked him about it. I said, oh, you know, I... I was looking through my schedule beforehand and I didn't see that there was someone of your age, I don't remember his name, but someone of your age at this slot, but I noticed that you were able to get into the clinic. And he said, yeah, I'm not sure what happened, but yesterday he had gone to one of these express care type clinics and they wanted obviously to refer. And when the scheduler afterward was looking through the schedule, they said that they saw an opening. And so somehow they were able to get me in. Now, patients, particularly where I work, often have to wait weeks and sometimes months to be seen. And often they travel from very far distances. So for someone to be able to get in that quickly, it's rare. It's quite rare. And so when I asked him, you know, what, how did it happen? He said, just scheduled it. I'm not really sure how it happened. I just, I'm, I'm very fortunate. Now, this person, young, it's not like he had made some significant contribution to the health system or to the hospital that would sort of give him VIP status. It's not that this person had served, you know, the, the system in any way, shape, or form. It was purely by chance or by good fortune, or whatever you want to call it. And he recognized this. And he was very thankful. Because he was coming in with a particular illness, a particular sickness, that required some sort of special attention. And out of no real doing on his own, he was able to get in. Out of no real effort on his own, he was able to get in. Despite others having to wait weeks and sometimes months on end, sometimes having to travel across the country in order to be seen, this person was just able to get in. And it got me thinking that this is the same situation that most of us find ourselves in as well. We all are, or were, and certainly most of us are, spiritually ill. We were spiritually ill. And we 
didn't make a significant contribution toward this deen. And yet, today, at this time, in this place, we find ourselves here, in the clinic. But we could attribute it to chance. We could attribute it to good luck. That we all know that this is nothing but the fadl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I often ask the question to myself, why? Every time I come into this gathering, I always ask why. And I know I'll never know the answer to that question. I'll never know the answer to that question. Nor do I ever need to know the answer to that question. But I know that I should never stop asking that question. I should never stop asking the question, why? Because it will help me appreciate the circumstance that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created for me. I was sick. I still am. I was ill. And really, if anyone were to put their attention on me, or if anyone were to give me an opportunity to be in a gathering where Allah is remembered, where the verses of Qur'an are recited, where the company of the uh, scholars is, is uh, able to be had, you would think that I'd have to put some significant contribution into this, some significant donation, some powerful dua, some sacrifice that no one else has, had made before. And yet none of this was done. And most of us perhaps haven't done this. And yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose us to be part of such a special gathering. And this is year in, year out. Every year, same thing. Every year, same thing. You're almost wondering, when is it going to be the year that I'm going to be let go? And then you ask, oh Allah, never let that happen. Never let that happen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, because sometimes we lose sight of this. And we attribute the efforts that we make toward our goal of purification. We attribute this effort often to ourselves. You know, maybe the intro of, of how we got to a gathering, maybe we attribute that to Allah. But then the subsequent efforts that we make in working toward purifying ourselves, we, some, we often attribute this to our efforts. The amount of dhikr that we, that we do, the amount of Qur'an that we recite, the amount of salawat that we perform, the, the company that we've chosen to keep, etc. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an about this, and it's in reference to a particular circumstance, but most certainly it can apply to us as well. And he says, Had it not been for the fadl, the bounty of Allah and His mercy, Had it not been for the bounty of Allah or for His mercy, None of you would ever have become purified. Not a single one of you would have been able to achieve purification. Not a single one of you would have been purified had it not been for the fadl and the mercy of Allah. Abada, ever, ever. Meaning if we were left to our own means, we would never be able to purify ourselves. It is out of the fadl of Allah and the mercy of Allah Ta'ala that this is even made possible. I mean, think about it. The thought of a person deciding or taking the step that they need to reform themselves and become closer to Allah and purify their heart. 
And who has that thought in today's day and age? How many people are actually thinking about this? It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's fadl and his rahmah that he's even created this notion within our mind that this is perhaps something that we should pursue. And if it wasn't for the fadl of Allah, then there's no way, shape, or form that we'd ever be able to even work toward this goal, let alone achieve it. Let alone achieve it. So the initial step of being, in, of being a part of a gathering like this is attributed to Allah. And then even every subsequent step is attributed to Allah. If we think about it, when we are working toward our rectification, we think about what are the steps. Okay, number one, we have to find a teacher. Well, where is that teacher coming from? Where is that teacher coming from? From Allah. That teacher is created by Allah. That teacher was created by Allah, and had it not been for the fadl of Allah, the mercy of Allah, that He created an individual that we could benefit from, then we'd be lost. But let's take it even a step further beyond, beyond this, before this even. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose to, if He chose to keep hidden from us the, uh, the understanding of Him, the ability to recognize Him, if He decided to keep mankind to their own thoughts, their own, you know, their own thought processes, you figure it out on your own that there's a creator and that you'll, that you'll have to come back to the creator. We'd be lost. We'd be lost. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, out of his infinite mercy, number one, allowed us to even recognize who he was. And that's a fadl, that's, a, that's his mercy. It's, it's said in another verse that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he's, uh, now, uh, he's now speaking to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَلَئِن شِئْنَا لَنَذْهَبَنَّ بِالَّذِي أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْكَ that if we wanted to, Allah Ta'ala is saying this to whom? Not to you and I, to the Prophet إِلَيْكَ That if, if we wanted to, if it's completely up to me. It's completely up to me. If I had wanted to, then I could make uh, what was revealed upon you disappear. What was revealed upon you disappear. <coughs> Think about it. If Allah Ta'ala wanted to, He could have just created creation, placed us in this world and said figure things out and I'm going to, you're going to be asked about this in the day of judgment. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of his mercy, out of his rahmah he through the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam revealed information to us about him. But if he wanted to make the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam even lose that information he could do it. Where do, where do you and I stand? At every any given moment it's possible that the knowledge that we have about Allah or our ability to recognize Allah Ta'ala can be taken away from us at any given moment. At any given moment. You know, you, we think today we're comfortable, we're, we're in the gathering where Allah is remembered and etc. But it's very possible that a half an hour from now some thought comes into our mind. May Allah protect us. And then that's it, we're done. We're done. And then our ability to recognize or appreciate Allah Ta'ala as being dominant in our lives, this completely disappears. We are that dependent upon Allah for every moment that He allows us to, to, to recognize Him. That if that threat is, is possible for the Prophet وسلم, upon who He directly received Wahi, and He met Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if that is possible for the Prophet وسلم, then what about the rest of us? So the ability to recognize Allah Ta'ala, number one, that's the mercy of Allah. And then you attribute all the different steps that we take in progressing toward Allah Ta'ala. For instance, salawat upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Well, who are we sending salawat upon? Upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala chose that there wouldn't be a message, then we would have no one to send salawat upon, and then hence we, would have no, we wouldn't have a means by which we approach Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala in that way. We wouldn't have a means. 
the a, a principal way by which we approach Allah Ta'ala, and it's been emphasized, you know, for the last several weeks certainly, the importance of reciting the Quran on a daily basis. But where does the Quran come from? We think about it as an effort that we make, that we have the Quran before us and we're going to recite and I'm going to advance myself, I'm going to become closer to Allah, I'm going to receive reward. But if Allah Ta'ala decided not to even reveal the Quran, then where would we be? We'd be lost. And it would have no bind. He had, there's nothing binding upon Allah Ta'ala to provide us with the opportunity to recite the Quran. He didn't, he, there was nothing binding upon Allah Ta'ala to even reveal the Quran so that we could know about Him. So the mechanism by which we approach Allah through the recitation of the Quran is contingent upon Allah Ta'ala's revelation of the Quran. Every single thing that we use to purify ourselves, every step that we take to purify ourselves is from Allah. Every, th- every step that we take is from Allah. And if Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala didn't create these mechanisms by which we can purify ourselves, then where would we be? And even if you take, and this is incredible, even if we take purification to mean the ability to wipe away our, our history, which is tawbah, Right? The ability to make tawbah. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala... So we often think that, alhamdulillah, I made tawbah and now I've repented for my past sin. But the, the mechanism of tawbah, or the way by which tawbah is performed, was taught to us by Allah. He taught us about how to perform tawbah. He taught us about how to repent to Him sincerely. And if He didn't create that mechanism, or didn't teach us that mechanism, then we'd be lost. Then we'd be lost. Every step that we take toward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that method has been given to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so Allah ta'ala says, مَا زَكَى مِنْكُمْ مِنْ أَحَدٍ أَبَدًا وَلَوْلَا فَضْلُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمًا You know, when we begin to think that perhaps it's our own effort that's allowing us to progress in our deen. It's our own effort that's you know, maybe it's the effort that I've put in for this hour of muraqabah or the effort that I've put in for, for sitting down and doing istighfar or for reciting salawat or reciting Qur'an or keeping the company of my teacher. Perhaps it's all of these efforts that I put in. We should think back to this verse and think that, look, I was nothing before Allah Ta'ala showered His mercy upon me. I was nothing. I was nothing. And I... And... and, and for and as the only way by which I will be able to rectify myself is through the means that Allah Taala has laid out. This is His fadl and this is His rahmah. This is His rahmah. And then He says, "Walakin Allah yuzaki man yasha." Walakin Allah yuzaki man yasha. That no, it isn't your effort. It isn't what you've. Concluded on your own. It isn't the steps that you've taken. It isn't the circumstances that you've created for yourself. No, it's none of these things. Ultimately, ultimately, what it boils down to, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purifies whomever he wills. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purifies whomever he wills. This is 100% in his control. He is that dominant over the world. He can make a statement like that and back it up by the proof that's in all of our circumstances. I mean, think about it, right? 
we all come from different places. We all come from different backgrounds. And the vast majority of us didn't grow up thinking that I'm going to spend time in the company of those that emphasize purification. I'm going to reform myself so that I can attain the pleasure of Allah. Most of us were in ghafla somewhere, just completely lost. Completely lost. And somehow we bumped into someone that told us about a gathering. Somehow we listened to a talk that someone shared a link to with us. But how did all of that happen? Where did, that initial step, where did it come from? Where did it come from? You, know, you could think back to the first time that you had come to this retreat or the first time that you had been introduced to you know, the path of suluk. Well, that wasn't a random occurrence. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses to purify whomever he wills. And if we were to think about this and think that out of the billions of people in this world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala handpicked me to be able to sit in the company of people that remind me of this and that remind me about Allah. When there was nothing that I did on my own out of this, then we should put us into prostration from now until we pass away. From now until we pass away. Allah Ta'ala is in charge. There's nothing binding upon Allah. There's nothing binding upon Allah. We are so dependent upon Him. We are so dependent upon Him. If He wanted to, He could let us go. And that would be His prerogative. There are people that perhaps are in this gathering this year, but then next year won't be. Allah Ta'ala's will. We are dependent upon Allah. And we should never lose sight of this. We should never lose sight of this. In particular, because we seek to earn Allah's pleasure, we seek to purify ourselves, we seek to tread this path of suluk, we especially should not forget this. Because the moment we begin to attribute our progression to ourselves, or the moment we begin to attribute our, the initial step that we took to ourselves, then we're doomed. Then we're doomed and Allah Ta'ala will leave us to ourselves. And we know where that'll take us. We know where that'll take us. So this is all of us. Now, what does it mean? It doesn't make us special in any way, shape, or form. We aren't superior to someone else. But what it means is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is merciful. We have to thank Him and the best way to appreciate or show the appreciation toward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to maximize on the opportunity that He's given before us. It's to maximize on the opportunity that Allah ta'ala has given us. He's given us and shown us the way by which we can purify ourselves. And He's given us the opportunity, the means, the courage that's required in order for us to be able to do so. And if we don't take heed of it, then it is us not showing our appreciation to Allah. And when we don't show appreciation to Allah, then what we are doing is we are appreciating ourselves. We begin to attribute things to ourselves. 
But if we are constantly recognizing and appreciating Allah Ta'ala's fadl and mercy upon us, then we will always attribute things toward Allah Ta'ala. And when we do that, then we'll always take the necessary steps in, uh, in order to maximize on the circumstances that Allah Ta'ala has given us. So this is how we appreciate it. This is how we appreciate it. Now many of us come from different parts of the country. And the and a lot of us think, well, what this upcoming project is coming to fruition, where is my house going to be? How close am I going to be to it? But the reality is that Allah Ta'ala has placed us where we are, and we have to be content with it. We have to be content with where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed us. And we have to recognize that, the, that what we've benefited from our teachers, it behooves us to then share that with our own communities. That's the ultimate sign, that's the ultimate means of appreciation. Is when, is when you take benefit from someone, you apply it to your own life, and then you begin to share that with those around you. That's the ultimate way of appreciating. And that is the, that is often the, the desire of our teachers as well. That we don't take what we've benefited and we keep it to ourselves, but rather we then share that with the people around us. And like I said, this is the ultimate way of showing our appreciation. So we have to accept that Allah Ta'ala has placed us wherever he's placed us. And that he's placed, but yet he's given us a circumstance by which we can remain in the company or benefit from the company and from the teachings of people of piety and taqwa. We have to maximize on that relationship through the efforts that we make and by begging and, and, and praising Allah Ta'ala. And then subsequently our responsibility is that we then share that with, those, with the communities that we come from. And that we stop constantly thinking that, oh, I wish I was here, I wish I was here, I wish I was here. I can say that because I've been wanting to be here for many years and I'm still not here. And eventually you come to this realization that, look, the, that Allah Ta'ala chose me. I had nothing to complain for. I was nothing to begin with. I never, I never introduced myself to this sort of path. I, I didn't, there was no effort that I made. It was Allah Ta'ala that initially chose me anyway to recognize this. Then who am I to complain? Who am I to complain? Let me accept and be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then whatever I've benefited from my teachers, let me then begin to share that with the people around me. Let me then begin to share that with the people around me. And when we begin to do that, then we really begin to attract the attention of our teachers. We think that in our mind, we've created this notion that the closer physically that I can move toward my teacher, the, the more likely it is that I'll have my teacher's attention. And this is constantly you know, coming in our mind that I need to become closer and closer and clo physically closer. But the reality is that, that like as, as it was mentioned earlier today, spirit, spiritually that distance doesn't exist. If a person truly wants to attract the du'as and the attention of their teachers, not, rather than the, the, the best way by which they can do so is by carrying the load of their teachers on their own shoulders. And that applies for those of us that live further away. That then means that we carry the responsibility that our teachers have taken upon themselves, that we then take that responsibility on our shoulders, and then we then bring it to the communities that are around us. And that will bring the du'as and the attention of our teachers uh, far, perhaps far more than any other way. 
far more than any other way. And But the first step is that we realize that, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala has placed me in this particular locality. This is where I am. This is where I am. Now, physically, I know I can, I'm not going to get closer unless Allah Ta'ala opens that way. But rather than, you know, continually worrying about that, or it's not that you can't make dua for it, but rather than having that always plaguing your mind that when, when I get closer, then I'm going to take the next step. When I move next to the masjid, then, then I'm going to progress. Then I'm going to attract the attention of my teachers. Then I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do that. Rather than that, accept that I am where I am, and this is where Allah placed me. Allah Ta'ala introduced me to this deen and introduced me to this path completely on his own accord anyway was nothing of my own doing. Now I want the du'as and the attention of my teacher and I come from far away. So the, the way by which I can do that is that I take the responsibility that my teacher uh, has, the, has carried on his shoulders. I then take that responsibility on my shoulders and then I share it with the community. And then the du'as that come from, from our mashayikh and from our ulama, then, uh, then, then you'll begin to see the effects that they have. Then you'll begin to see the effects that they have. So it isn't that we are you know, and we're reminded of this every year because I think many of us, especially those of us that don't live here or have never lived here, we come from all parts of the country. And we come and we collect, and at least at one point during the weekend you think, gosh, I wish I would just live here. What is this? What am I doing, you know, you know, a thousand miles away or three thousand miles away? Why, why can't I just be here? Maybe Allah Ta'ala will create that circumstance. But, but, it, but until that point, we might, as well, uh, we might as well continue to do the work that needs to be done. And, and like I said, that's a principal way by which we attract the attention and du'as of our teachers. That whatever work they're doing, whatever work they, what effort they're putting in, the exact same effort, and the closer we can be to that effort, the better it is. It isn't that we just take any effort on our shoulders, and then we then begin to propagate that effort in, in our localities. But rather, the same effort that our teachers have been putting in in their locality, if we then take that on our shoulders, and then we take it back to our families, to our children, to the community around us, then, uh, then we're taking that responsibility from them, and they're very appreciative of this. Ultimately, the du'as, the hope of our teachers is that the message of the Prophet ﷺ spread amongst the community. That's their ultimate desire. It isn't necessarily that that you know that I advance and I become you know a, a, a profound an expert in my field. That that's not necessarily the desire. It isn't that necessarily I myself. You know, memorize the Quran, but rather it's that the message of the Prophet ﷺ reach me, and then from me, it then reach other people. All of that goes into their account anyway. So that's the ultimate desire that they have in their mind. So, in appreciating the circumstance that Allah Taala created for us, and that begins by number one, recognizing that Allah Taala has allowed us to recognize Him when the vast majority of the world doesn't recognize Him. And recognizing that he's allowed us to recognize him when the threat of losing that recognition was even to the Prophet Sallallahu and yet still we still we are still able to hold on to it. Yeah. And number two, the uh, the the the, the and the rahmah that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala out of His infinite mercy, out of His own doing, and out of nothing on our own, allowed us to meet and interact with teachers, with elders that 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 speak about the prophetic message of the prophet uh, the prophetic message of rasulullah sallallahu and and purification the mere fact that we've been introduced to this then we are forever indebted to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now once we truly appreciate this and then the consequence of this is that we appreciate the the, the next step, which is our teachers, and we begin to truly appreciate the effort that our teachers have put into us then the next step 
the next step, the ultimate step, is that we then take that responsibility on our, onto our own shoulders and then we share the same message to the community around us. It's a, a, it's a way by which we attract the special and khas du'as and attention of our teachers and attention of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's the way by which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will inshallah protect and preserve us. There's no guarantee that if I was to move here, that my iman and the iman of my family will be preserved, especially if I wasn't taking the responsibility of deen. But certainly wherever I am in the country, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps me there and I take the responsibility of deen on my shoulders, then inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect my iman and the iman of my family and there's no greater desire than any of us have. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to recognize the fadl and the rahmah that he's placed upon us. Amen. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to recognize that all of the steps that we take toward purifying ourselves are, are through him and through his mercy alone. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to create, carry the responsibility of our teachers on our shoulders and may he accept the efforts that we put toward him. Amen.